Hello and welcome to the December instalment of The Shameless Book Club. This month, we read You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty by Okweke Mezzi. This is a book that flips the romance genre utterly on its head. It's been five years since protagonist Faye lost her husband in a car accident. She isn't ready for anything serious, but a steamy encounter at a rooftop party cascades into a whirlwind summer she could never have imagined. A luxury trip to a tropical island, decadent meals in the glamorous home of a celebrity chef, and a major curator wanting to launch her art career. She's even started dating the perfect guy, but there's a bit of a problem. Faye feels a deep thrill every time she locks eyes with the one person in the house who is most definitely off limits. Ow! <laughs> you heard her there. That is, that is our early owl. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ow! the last day of 2022. Shoot me for trying to get an owl. <laughs> that, of course, is Zara McDonald. We are also joined by Annabelle Lee. Hello. Book clubbers, hello. Hi. Hi. Last book of the year. I know. What the hell? I'm feeling a little too relaxed, I might say. (laughs) It's going to be a relaxed chat, that is for sure. Yeah. I did recommend this book back in July after my mid-year break. And I said to you both on the show, I want to do this for book club because, Annabelle, you're a longtime romance fan. Michelle, you're a longtime romance hater. And I thought maybe this could be the book that we all slightly agreed on when it comes to romance. So let's see how we go. I feel like it's promising it is promising it is promising early signs are promising (laughs) guys let's start where we always start who is today's author let's give the rundown on a quake amezi Yes, so Akweke's work is extensive. They are a video artist and a writer who's published books and poetry across multiple genres. And You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty is Akweke's debut romance novel. The screen rights have also been sold to Amazon. I'm I so excited. In a reported six-figure deal. High six figures as well. Mm. They were very particular to make sure it wasn't low six figures. It is yeah. high six figures. Also, sorry to jump in, Michael B. Jordan's company yes. is the one producing it. Obsessed and Akweke is the executive producer. Now, Akweke was born in Nigeria. They moved to the US when they were 16 to go to college. I just find their career history and their writing history fascinating mm. and so impressive as you touched on a few things there Annabelle I mean their first novel was a ridiculous literary success called Freshwater then Amezi's second novel was a YA novel and now we've got this romance novel like their range is extensive and they can write so many different books for so many different people which I just feel like we've never seen on this book club yeah Quake has done fiction, nonfiction, poetry, yes. and YA. Not only that, in the same, like in the four months that You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty was coming out, Quake released two other books, three books in four months, yeah. and then announced, probably of surprise to no one, they're taking a two-year break. <laughs> well, I did read an interview that they did with Vogue where Vogue pointed out that they'd written seven books in five years and had just submitted their 10th manuscript in that wow. period of time, which is just prolific, but also did touch on that interview a pretty big sense of burnout and those yes. kinds of things. I just fucking adored the fact and I felt so maybe relieved about the fact that someone like a Kweke Amezi wanted to write a romance book because I love romance 
But as we constantly talk about on this show, people are snobby about love books. Is that me? No, no. (laughs) But people are are snobby about women's fiction as well. If that's what we... Yeah, chiclet, whatever we want to call it. And I think for somebody like a Quake who has written really highbrow, literary, critically acclaimed books to also say, I'm obsessed with this genre too... I felt really happy about. I think that's why, though, because of Aquake's like huge body of really impressive work, some people, a lot of people, came for Aquake about this book, saying it was like not as smart as I thought it was going to be. Mm. Some of the Goodreads reviews are so brutal, and Aquake actually responded in this Twitter thread, just like going for them. I saw that. I'll read a couple of tweets because it's quite long. One of them reads. Goodreads doesn't tell me much about my work. It tells me a lot about readers. Like, I'm learning that some people have a very visceral negative response to reading about queer black girls having a hot girl summer. And Aquake also told Vulture about this kind of response from people, that the goal is to get as big and bright as possible. They're just, like, so confident in their work, which is very refreshing Mm. to see. Yes, but I agree with you. Goodreads didn't quite know what to make of this book, which really surprised me, like hugely surprised me. And I do think it probably comes down to many factors, but one of them, of course, being people maybe expecting one thing from a Quake and and getting another. But they gave this really great quote to Vogue about the romance genre in its entirety. And they said, people think that, oh, if it's a romance, then it's, you know, fluff or it's not good writing or it's not real literature, which I think is a very elitist way to look at the genre. Mm. I think there's a hierarchy in terms of genres. I don't agree with the hierarchy, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It's true. Mm. Like, it's so true. But I think maybe because of their perspective and their body of work, it's probably why I would say this is the strongest romance book I've ever read. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I have a slightly different take on that to you, Annabelle. I do Mm. think maybe authors, if they don't like what they're reading about their work on Goodreads, I don't know if the response is to then slam those reviews on their Twitter page. I kind of think... Maybe just don't look at Goodreads. If it's not going to impact the way you feel about your work, you need to clear read them. But it. no, the whole thread's amazing. It is. It, it's, yeah, also it's worth reading. Because people are calling them arrogant. Okay. And I feel like it's worthy of backing yourself up when yeah. stuff like that happens. Yeah, For sure. interesting. Goodreads, I was shocked to see. It's got like a 3.6 or 3.4 or something on Goodreads. I, spoiler alert, my rating will be far, far higher than that. So I do disagree with so many of the negative reviews on there, but it's an interesting conversation. Mm. I loved learning that the title of this book is a direct pull from a Florence and Machine song. It's from the song Hunger. The lyric reads, how could anything bad ever happen to you? You make a fool of death with your beauty. That is where the inspiration for the title comes from. Obsessed. Also obsessed with the fact that Aquake went into this book with kind of one real aim and it was that if they were going to write a romance book, it just needed to have a happily ever after because if it doesn't have a happily ever after it's not a romance novel that's their quote to Marie Claire and they said that was kind of the only criteria that they held themselves to yeah and I was like what a nice way to approach a book like I'm gonna be happy it's gonna have a happy ending I did read a quote that Aquake gave to Teen Vogue though where they said it was meant to be more fluffy than the book ended up I wasn't really planning for the theme of grief and death to be so present in the book but that's what the characters wanted. Mm. So I was like, okay, you know, to be fair, this is what real life is. But then I really loved this quote from a Quake that read, I wanted to write a book that felt like me and my friends when we were in our 20s in Brooklyn. 
We were messy bitches. Like, we did not care about anything. And I think there's a quality to that. That makes the story good. When they were like, oh, just like real life. I was like, this happens to people <laughs> yeah. in real life. This story was so otherworldly. Yeah, that's also a really good point. And just before we move on, I read a lot about that idea that you just touched on, Mish, where a Quake said that when they were writing, they really let the characters kind of dictate where they were going. And you, you hear this a lot with authors. They say, well, the character went there. And I'm like... What do you mean? <laughs> you are the you guy. are you got the you got the pen. You got the tip tippity tap on the computer. No, but I think that's when I always realize and always remind myself that it feels very much like fiction is a completely different art form to any other type of writing because yes. you need to get so into characters and let it flow so much that I can't even make sense of what that would feel like. It's like a spirit takes over yeah, your body and yeah. then you just let the spirit spill out onto the page. Yeah. Quake, is that what it's like? Let us know. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Guys, let's move on to the characters in this book. I want to hear, first of all, your standout. I'm going to make you give oh. me one oh. golden character <sighs> that is your favourite above all the others. And Annabelle Lee, I'm starting mm, with you. Okay. When you say golden, do you mean favourite character or like the most likable character no 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 no. doesn't have to be likable you could hate them strongest that's, character mm, okay oh that's so hard okay i'm gonna say joy because joy was who i wanted to hear more from yeah my favorite like main character was a but i'll talk about him later joy was my favorite because she was like the sassy best friend mm. that we all know and love but when we found out that Faye and Joy had some sort of like encounter, like sexual encounter in the past, I was like, give me more of that. I yeah, want like more a relationship to me. It definitely did. And again, I think this is one of the strengths of the book is it constantly kept surprising me. Yes. Mm. I wasn't expecting things like that, but it also didn't feel out of place or too random or just there for shock value. Mm. Like when I read that, I was like, oh, it kind of does make sense. But I really wanted to know more. I wanted a whole other book about those two. See, controversial. Joy didn't really stand out to me. Really? Oh, she, she I loved this stand book, out but Joy me. wasn't one of my faves. I really liked Joy and I thought the messiness of Joy's own relationships too. I was a bit like spending a lot of time on the messiness <laughs> of this one relationship, but what about your own backyard? I think that Joy for me is probably strong enough to get like a sequel or a sibling novel. Ooh. You know, like one of those ones where okay. it's you know, tell the story of joy instead yeah, okay. without needing to have read You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty. I do feel like, though, the strongest character by far was Nazir. I could spend yeah. days talking about his character mm. arc. When I met him, I had that feeling of like, oh, this is the guy. Like, this is the guy. This works. I like this guy. But he, then. He's rich. Because <laughs> they also had that meeting where it wasn't a straightforward like, yes. oh, he's hitting on her and she's going with it. There was like tension there. And there was, we already had like all the tension you normally get from a romance book is like a sprinkling of salt somewhere. Yeah. We got the salt on like page 30 or something, but it turned out that was nothing compared to the main tension of the book. Yes. And I think for me, as I said, when I was just talking about Nazir, like I felt like his character arc was so perfect because it felt quite relatable. I feel like we all maybe have met a Nazir who is really kind and emotionally intelligent until something really tests them and their like toxic masculinity comes out and they express that with violence. It's like the White Lotus. Yeah, that's oh. their really intense physicality. But also yeah. I thought Akweke very beautifully captured men and immature men and emotionally stunted men when Nazir's character couldn't stop being fixated on whether Alim 
and Faye had had sex. Yes. Yes. And I wanted to read you a passage from page 296. Oh, please. Where he said this. I don't understand why the fuck this would happen. Why you'd do this to me. Why he'd do this to me. And I'm so sorry for being crass, but I legit cannot stop thinking maybe that's what's happening. He's just fucking her, right? That's why she left me for him. But that doesn't make sense, you see, because I never got a chance to even get that far with you. I keep trying to imagine how this could have even started and I can't come up with anything. It's that idea throughout these conversations that these two have about, well, she never put out for me and now she's putting out for my dad and how the fuck does that happen? And sex being the cornerstone of Nazir and Faye not having had sex and him being so fixated on what sex would look like between those two made me hate this guy like nothing else. Well, it's also the entitlement. Like I put in the hard yards. I I, deserved your body. Yeah, you owed that to me and then you ran off and gave it to my dad. That was the kind of inference. I agree. I think Nazir was my golden character too in that he had such an interesting character arc. He also exposed a lot of things within myself. I need to be honest with everyone listening. I definitely had some internalized misogyny seep out of my pores <laughs> when this was exposed. When when the storyline unfurled that Faye was going to end up with a limb and Faye was going to pursue Nazir's father, truthfully, I was judgy and I was backing Nazir until he became physically. No, no, I was mm, the same. Imposing. I was backing Nazir yes. until Nazir exposed himself for who he really was. But I agree with you. Oh, I, that makes me feel no, better. Don't you I think was the there's same. like a, a something to be self-aware about within you? And I wonder if it's how you guys feel about this. But I was like, but that's not what like a good person would do. Uh-huh. I felt the same, and that's why when it all unfolded. I still liked Alim and I found myself not liking Faye as much. What? Okay, I, that's interesting. Yeah, I for some reason, Alim was like one of my golden characters and the way that I felt about him never really changed through it all. Ah, Whereas that's I was quite caught off guard by Faye's boldness interactions and going after what she wanted, which was her every, she had every right to do that. No, I think, I, I think I'm the same now that I think about it is instinctively, even though you have Faye and Alim who have essentially gone through very, very similar things. And if anything, Alim's being the dick here because it's his kid. Yeah, the shitty father. Yeah, like, yeah. Faye has, doesn't really owe anyone anything. Mm. And yet maybe inherently I felt more negatively towards Faye for being bold than Alim. Oh, no, I, I was so judgy on Alim as well. Truthfully, now that I'm sitting with it, I read this about a month ago. I cannot believe that a father would engage in a relationship let himself get down the road towards getting in a relationship with the woman his son is dating on reflection Faye owes Nazir next to nothing they were friends so she owed him maybe a heads up earlier than he got it yep. I think she owed him that a limb I, I think the pronunciation is a limb as well by yeah. the way we looked this up there's a couple of different ones it could be a limb or it could be alim we'll go with a limb for now he owed Nazir so much more and he behaved like such a brat. But I didn't feel it. I didn't feel yes. the brattiness. I didn't have any anger towards him. I just thought he was like this beautifully old, mature guy yes. who like justified himself really well. Because he was so like calm yes. about everything. Yes. So it made you feel like he was, his morally dubious actions weren't morally dubious. No, he's like, like, this is a moral guy. He, <laughs> he's made the wrong call, but he'll do it the right way, which is also not true because I completely agree with you, Michelle. And I think I was taken off guard by him at the start because I don't think I wanted Faye 
to like him right. when you got those early glimpses of her interest in him <laughs> i was reading being like surely not surely i'm just gonna ignore it ignore it this won't pop up again this it's a red herring yeah <laughs> this won't pop up again and it obviously did pop up again and i i felt like at the start i was maybe rooting for the wrong guy because i was rooting for nizia but i think maybe that's why it was so beautifully written because yes. i feel like that's a pretty common experience and then plot twist, I ended up really rooting for a limb. I really rooted for these two together. I loved that he was also bisexual because I feel like I've never read that in a book before. I don't really find myself reading bisexual men and I feel like I read a lot of books. Yeah, and bisexual women I feel like are far more common, particularly of this age demo. I would say I really loved some of the scenes in this book were just so perfectly written that they're still in my head now. Like when Elim was sharing the story of his second love of his life and it being a man, the way that kind of all unfurled, I just think Akwake Amezi did this book such justice and did these characters such justice. I could feel each character's presence as well. And they all had a distinctly different presence. Yes. I could feel a limb on those early morning hikes up to the top of the mountain or yeah. where they were going to see that view. I could feel him come through the pages even though he wasn't maybe my favorite character what about lorraine oh no didn't like lorraine although i did i've forgotten who lorraine is the sister nazir's sister oh i did like her at the end when she kind of confronted a limb about it all she seemed to have more like of a level-headed response to it did we think i still didn't like her during that exchange i mean i have a passage here on page 265 and that's actually when i really liked Olim as well when well, I he... thought, yeah i thought she was awful during that exchange wasn't yeah, she really she was awful yes i thought she was pretty mean and that's when i really liked Olim because i felt like lorraine had been a little shit this whole time it never stood up to her and then he said this no his voice was heavy no, let me talk. You've said so much already and I hear you. I hear that you want me to end things with Faye, to do what you and your brother want, what would make it easier for this family. I hear you. I feel with you and for you this pain I've caused by seeking out a relationship like this. I wish it had been another way, that I had met her someone else, that she had come to the mountain some other way, but I can't change the circumstances that brought her to me and with her, the possibility that my life could go in a direction I thought was closed off. And for this, this possibility, you are so young, baby girl, your whole life is still nothing but possibilities you can't possibly know what it's like to lose it and how much even a chance of its return is worth it to me and I did actually like the fact that he just stopped her in his tracks because I felt like she'd been so mean this whole book <laughs> and said no you I am going to put you back in your place I don't know I was quite torn actually in the last like 50 pages of this book because I genuinely think that it would be, and I know you guys would agree with this, so painful to see this unfurl. Oh, oh yeah. So when, Absolutely. Obviously, with Nazir, he responded very inappropriately and violently at times, and I despised that. But I did, in the back of my mind, throughout that encounter and throughout the encounter between Alim and Lorraine, I was really feeling for the kids. I was like, this would be so fucking hard to go through. I think the thing that made me not sympathise as much was the knowledge that the kids had taken one love away from him already. They had put pressure on him, at least that was the inference I got from the book, that they weren't comfortable with him being in a bisexual relationship or in a queer relationship with another man. The children had been chosen in that instance. Alim had sacrificed that love for them. And so I felt like this was... Payback! Karmic retribution. He got love again and it was 
tough titties to those two <laughs> who had lived in a beautiful mansion and I had agree. their whole lives kind of paved like, for them. Yeah, 100% agree. And I, I agree with you to some extent, Annabelle, it would be tough. But also it's like, let him love. Mm. I kind of understood that when he was like, you know what? I've lost this a few times now and I'm going to chase it and you get over it. There was some part of me that kind of wanted to get on that bandwagon. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. Guys, I cannot wait to hear more about your strengths and weaknesses when it came to this book. But first, let's hear a word from today's sponsor. All right, guys, time for your strengths and weaknesses. Zara, McDonald, where would you like to start? Oh, well, I loved that the book was kind of crass and sexy. I thought that was a really wonderful addition to the book. I liked how it was like that from the first page. The bathroom sex scene was yes, good. Yeah. Because <laughs> straight good. away, it's like you, you're either on this bandwagon or you're not. Because it kind of shocks you straight away. So you know what you're getting. It was hot girl summer. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Which we love. We do love. I actually read this book from start to finish on the plane to Bali. Like I sped through it in like under five hours and it was a real joy i get really bored on planes i get really bored in transit i constantly i hate not having access to my phone as embarrassing as that is (laughs) and so to have a book that sucked me in in such a way where i didn't lift my head i thought was so remarkable and such a testament to the beauty of this story this is a plane book i also inhaled it on the way back from the whitsundays one plane trip Every page done. Loved it. Oh, I feel left out. I was in my house reading this book. (laughs) But I loved the unpredictability of the book. Like you said, it opened with that like really surprising scene. And when I first read that scene, I thought that Milan was going to be the love interest. Yeah. And then in came Nazir and then in came Alim. And that's one of my main strengths is that I was shooketh the entire time. At every turn, I was shaken. And it's the hardest part about recommending this book, right? Because I just picked it up off my desk before I went on holidays in July. Didn't think much of it. I had a whole stack of books I wanted to read and it hadn't been recommended to me. And so when I opened it up and all this shit was happening, I was like, oh my God, how unexpected. But then when I really wanted you guys to read it, I didn't want to be like, it's so wild. And then this twist happens. And so many random twists because I didn't want you to know that either. Like you want people to have the experience of reading this book where it's just like completely unexpected. Well, thank you so much for that because I am glad you approached it in that way. Because if you had told me just you wait or like given me some indication that some massive spanner was coming... I would have heard the first thing about a limb and gone, well, she well, there really gets is. with the dad. Yeah. Like it would have been so obvious. I think one of the strengths, I agree with you, had no idea where it was going at any point. Cannot say that for any other romance book I've ever read. Another strength for me was the ring exhibit. Oh, and yeah. the way that was described. The, the idea that Faye had lost her husband, the love of her life, Jonah, And she had put their wedding ring or her wedding ring with him with a little splash of blood from the car accident. She'd put that in a room with hundreds or thousands of wedding rings dangling from the ceiling. And together they're all creating this like almost chime-like tingling sound effect. I just think that is such a cool 
amazing, powerful scene for Aquake to write. I'm like, did Aquake create this scene in their head? Like, if they did, they need to go create this because it sounds incredible. Beautiful, yeah, I totally agree. Beautifully vivid, that scene. I have one weakness written down. Sure. It's not a huge weakness, and I wonder if you guys agree with me about this. I was all for Faye and Alim's love story. It took me a little bit of time, to be so, fair. Yeah. It took me time. And also, like, for the first while where Faye had this crush, I didn't think Alim reciprocated. I was like, oh, he's not into it. He's this old, mature man. Yeah. <laughs> he just he's has famous. guests in his home. Yeah. Yeah. But then when it all happened, I was all for it. I was just confused by the speed of it all mm. because I get how their shared experiences bonded them quickly. But when they had that really serious conversation in the bedroom after the kitchen scene, I was, again, shook it. <laughs> like, I think my overly cautious brain was just confused about how serious it got so fast. Yeah. What do we think? I agree with that. I wasn't surprised. Hmm. They had barely spoken. Yes, but I do believe that not every relationship happens like that, but some do. I yeah, really okay. do believe that sometimes it's just like, ah, uh, you just like twig into knowing. Like a twig into <laughs> Twig into you knowing. You plug in and it's energetically. I, yeah, there. I do believe that. Okay. I believed it, but I appreciate not everybody does. I agree with you, but surely because of all the circumstances of it being like, Nazir's father, all of yes, that. Annabelle, that's what, why the speed confused me even more. You can plug into the energy, <laughs> but if you've got your son and daughter there and it's like the stakes are this high, you need some dialogue. Like yeah. you need to have a proper convo before you rip your entire yeah. life. Up. I don't want one. <laughs> I thought the backdrop of the island was perfect. Oh, mm. I thought the yes. island was so vivid. I could picture the whole thing. I could picture the house. And I think looking back now, maybe that was one of the most important things that needed to be painted really well was like this beautifully extravagant home, yeah. like this glass box kind of thing. And I could just see it. Like they were, when they were moving through the house, moving through the rooms, I had really vivid images in my head. I agree. I think beauty, the way they infused this book with beauty is incredible. Like I am so glad that we had wealth. We had a tropical island. We had like bright blue water and monkeys in the garden outside the house. Golden braids falling down Faye's back. Like the way beauty was written into this book and celebrity and sugar and all that glittery shit. I want that. And I think that's what gave this book that extra oomph it needed to go from a good book to a great book. I enjoyed it so much. I do have one slight critique every time a limb and Faye used the nickname or like oh, yes. pet name yes. My, yes. my sweetness so fair I, I want I to vomit I want to vomit was, he only he said it and oh, that's what made sweetness. that's what made me realize again every time he said it I realized how old he was it <laughs> gave yes. old it, it gave, gave old it gave like grandpa so you think that was the point though to like, sorry, I, I, I've suddenly become like the fiercest defender of every element of this book. But I think for me, yeah, it was cringe, but I thought it suited it perfectly because he is this earnest guy. He is kind of this like... It gave me the ick, <laughs> I, I think you're kind of meant to have the ick a little bit with Alan. Do you think? Yeah. I think yeah, you well, are... then they succeeded. I think, I think maybe that's the point. I shriveled not, up like a prune every time. It's not the obvious choice. <laughs> I don't know. That's just what I thought. Oh, all right. Ready for ratings? Yeah. Yes. Annabelle Lee. Mm-hmm. 
What are you going to rate this book? I am going to give it a 4.5. Nice. Ooh. I don't actually that was know higher why. than what I thought you would go. Yeah. I feel like in every episode, someone says it depends on your state of mind at the time of yes. reading. Yes. And I think because it's the end of the year, I was feeling a bit like, oh, I've got to get through this book. But if I was reading it on a holiday, maybe I would have given it a five. Oh, so you only knocked it half a point because of your mental state. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. nice. Zara, rating. I, I rated this at the time on our book club, so I have to stay with that rating, mm. which was a four and a half. And mm. I don't know why I knocked it half a point, to be honest. Maybe because it's still not amongst the fives for me. Like, it's not like an American marriage or a paper palace, but it's still a really enjoyable holiday read yeah. that I would recommend to anyone. Okay, interesting. It's a five. Oh! It's a five. She gave a romance <laughs> yes. a five. Zara Ellis McDonald. I got it right. Gave me in 2022 the gift of the perfect romance I book. Did it. Oh. You did it. I'm so grateful for you. I love you so much. Thank I'm you for giving so this to me. I'm so happy. A Quizmos gift. A Quizmos <laughs> and a romance book that we all agreed on. I I loved this. I actually judge you a little bit if you don't like it. I Sorry for all the book clubbers who didn't. I know that there are plenty of people on Goodreads, plenty of one and two stars floating around. Not cannot, from here. Nuh-uh. Cannot relate. Thought it was epic. I would stress exactly what Zara did before though, guys. If you're going to pass this on to a friend or loved one, no mention of twist. No mention of stakes being high. We're running with the idea that Nazir is supposed to be the guy because I want that experience for everyone. Just call the book a non-cheesy romance novel. Yes. I think that's the perfect way to sell it to people as to why they should read it. Zara's Santa. The Santa (laughs) of romance. Well, it's actually, this is coming out a week after Christmas. (laughs) So I think we're more talking about a new year present. (laughs) Guys, that's it. What a banger episode. Banger book. If we may say so ourselves. this chat. Banger end to the year. Thank you, book clubbers, for listening, for reading along with us in 2022. Thank you for engaging with the books that we've been reading. We cannot wait to hear all of your five-star reviews only on this one. (laughs) Nothing else is welcome. Come chat to us on Instagram. We're over at the Shameless Book Club. Yeah, next month we are going to be reading Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by best-selling author... (laughs) That is one book, by the way. (laughs) Gabrielle Zevin. Now, this book you guys were obsessed with this year. You voted it one of your favourite books of the year and that's why we're really excited to get into it, Annabelle. Yes, here is a snippet from the blurb. On a bitter cold day in the December of his junior year at Harvard, Sam exits a subway car and sees, amid the hordes of people waiting on the platform, Sadie. He calls her name. For a moment, she pretends she hasn't heard him, but then she turns and a game begins. A legendary collaboration that will launch them to stardom. These friends, intimate since childhood, borrow money, beg favours, and before even graduating college, they have created their first blockbuster, Ichigo. Overnight, the world is theirs. Not even 25 years old, Sam and Sadie are brilliant, successful and rich, but these qualities won't protect them from their own creative ambitions or the betrayals of their hearts. Cannot wait to read this one, guys. Video games, guys. We've yeah, not ventured into video games yet. Not our area it's at all. It's not, and that, but I keep hearing from people, don't worry about that. If it's not your area, you'll still like it. I bought this. I picked it up for us at Avenue Bookstore in Richmond. And the three people behind the counter were all like, read it. Do not worry about the video game thing. Fear not. 
It is an epic book. So I will take those three bookshop workers' opinions <laughs> and I am looking forward to this. I cannot wait, guys. We will be back in your ears on Monday for Scandal. And Book Club will be back next month with another review on tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. See you then. See you in 2023. Bye. Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.